This special episode of What Works is brought to you by Mighty Networks. Passionate about business or maybe cooking? What about parenting, photography, living abroad, or coaching Little League? Whatever it is that you're passionate about, Mighty Networks makes it possible to gather like-minded people together to connect, grow, and learn. Mighty Networks is the creator-led, ad-free, mobile-first platform that lets business owners like you build community, create courses, and grow a business all in one place. To find out more and start your own Mighty Network, go to MightyNetworks.com. Project management is so much more than software. But if you think about tools like Asana, Trello, Todoist, ClickUp, or Notion when you hear project management, you're certainly not alone. I remember when Asana first started gaining popularity among digital small business owners. Finally, we thought collectively, we can figure out how to get it all done. Of course, most of us quickly realized that software like Asana doesn't solve the problem of having too much work or having unclear priorities or having a decidedly non-linear project to complete. Project management is as much about how you approach the work that needs to get done as the software you use. I'm Tara McMullen, and you're listening to What Works, the show that transcends the hype to bring you candid conversations about what's really working to run and grow a small business today. So if project management is as much about how we approach the work as it is the software we use, why do we spend so much time stressing over that software? My hunch is that despite all the indications to the contrary, we believe that there's a piece of software out there that will make us more productive, more organized, and more effective. Here's what I've found to be true instead. My project management software is only as good as I am. I can't expect it to do for me what I'm not willing to do for myself. But if I commit to doing the work of project management, if I organize my projects and get real about what's required to bring each of them to completion, if I'm willing to do the work I say I'm going to do, if I consciously balance my big picture goals and my daily to-do lists, well, then I can find project management software that helps me do that. But it starts with me and my own approach to the work. Now, if that sounds personal, I can assure you that it is. I thought I was broken when it came to project management and that maybe there was some piece of project management software out there that could fix me. I tried a bunch. For a while, I tried managing projects in Evernote, but that really just turned into me relying on my own brain, as per usual. Then we dabbled as a team in Trello, but that didn't work for us. Then I tried Asana. My team used it for two full years, but I could never get the hang of it. And that's partly because I needed it to do something it just didn't do. But it's also because I wasn't fully committed to doing the work of managing my projects. Then I decided to grow up and do hard things. Now, at the same time, we switched to Notion. Yes, Notion lets me do things I could only dream of doing in Asana or Trello. It combines content with task management in a completely customizable interface. But the most important piece is that I decided to manage my projects. I decided to work the system. I committed to following through and Notion helps me do that. Today, you're going to hear from five business owners, all members of the What Works Network. They're sharing the project management software they use and how it fits with the way they work. Susan Bowles shares how she manages her projects in ClickUp. Joe Taylor Jr. shares how he and his team manage projects in Basecamp. 
Ayelet Marinovich shares how she used Trello to manage writing and publishing a book in just six weeks. Missy Emler shares how she got used to managing and automating projects in Airtable. And finally, Jonathan Stewart shares how he took a windy road to managing projects in Notion. I want you to keep an ear out for why each business owner uses the software they use and how it lets them manage the work they want to do. Remember that the software is there to help them manage projects the way they choose to manage projects, not because it's fixing them or the work itself. Now, up first, Susan Bowles is a virtual CFO and growth architect for agencies and consultants. She's the founder of ScaleSpark, where she uses automation, software, and strategy to grow her clients' capacity and help them generate more profit. She's also the host of Break the Ceiling, a podcast where she explores what it takes to break through revenue ceilings and find new ways to grow your business. Now, Susan uses ClickUp to manage her consulting business, her podcast production, and even her personal stuff. The number one reason I love ClickUp is because it's so adaptable. So some people's brains think in lists, some people think in calendars, some people think in Kanban boards, so like a Trello board. And the cool part about ClickUp is that each user can display the data inside the system in whatever way works best for their own brains. So I'm one of those people that likes to see the information in different ways, depending on how I'm thinking about my work. Sometimes it's in a list, sometimes it's in a calendar, sometimes I wanna look at statuses or like a pipeline view. So it's really nice to be able to just hit a button and switch how I'm looking at my task and how they're organized. The second thing I love about ClickUp is the inbox. It functions kind of like Todoist, if you're familiar with that one, but it really does function just like an inbox with a list of things assigned to you, organized by deadline. It's a great way to take what can end up being a really full system, especially if you're using it with a team, and filter it down to just the things that you have to do right now. And because ClickUp is so flexible in the kinds of data it can hold, it can really function as my personal and business hub where everything lives. So each client has a folder with lists of tasks that need to get done for them. And depending on the kind of work we're doing, sometimes the client is even a part of that list. So it can be very interactive. And then for the podcast and the rest of my content, I keep a list of, for example, episode ideas in one list, stuff that just pops into my head when I'm walking around or thinking about other stuff that I can go and mine when I'm starting to build out my content calendar. So then I have my actual content calendar all built out in the system. All the tasks that I need to accomplish to get an episode out in the world live in ClickUp. And the whole process from coming up with the idea for each episode to finding guests to the actual writing and drafting of the episode, and then all of the promotion for each episode after it's published, the calendar and the process really all live in ClickUp. And then I've got my personal stuff in ClickUp too. I have a list of self-care stuff to remind me to do like working out or drinking water, which was a really great idea I got from Brittany Berger at Work Brighter. And I have, for example, a list of books that I'm interested in reading and all my personal development tasks go in there too. And because of its flexibility and the ton of features that it offers, ClickUp really allowed me to consolidate what used to be a bunch of different systems into one home base. I used to use Todoist for my to-do list and 
uh, Asana and tasks in Google and different Google Sheets. And ClickUp allows me to consolidate that all into one system, one place, which means I spend a whole lot less time switching between systems to find things. Everything's in one place and I know where that is. And it's super easy to bring on clients or contractors or new team members because the system is user-friendly and it's easy to learn. Next up, let's hear from Joe Taylor Jr. Joe is a writer, user experience consultant, and audio producer who uses Basecamp. I've been using Basecamp for nearly 15 years. Our team at Johnson Taylor works on a diverse variety of projects with clients ranging from Fortune 500 companies to solo startup founders. Whether we're producing a live event, improving performance on a website, or creating podcasts, we rely on Basecamp to keep our projects moving forward with crystal clear communication. No matter where decisions get made, Basecamp's our source of truth. When we introduce a new client to the platform, they don't usually have to change very much about the way they like to operate. So when we have meetings or calls, the notes from those interactions go right into Basecamp. If a stakeholder is emailing a member of our team, that team member can easily forward that message into Basecamp too, right from their email client. And folks who tend to resist hopping into yet another app often end up feeling fine about Basecamp, since they can interact with email notifications the same as if they were replying to email we send ourselves. Now over time, most clients warm up to the system, and something really great starts to happen. Instead of texts, calls, meetings, and email, discussion about our projects starts to happen organically inside the app. We see this the most on a project's to-do lists, where folks can debate what's going to happen with a specific task, and they can reach consensus, all asynchronously. Before long, our team members and our clients usually end up collaborating almost exclusively on Basecamp. The biggest benefit for us is that every member of our project team can quickly look up any detail related to a client engagement without having to track me down. There's also a feature that lets us reserve some space just for our team, hiding the contents of those discussions from the client. It's a really great tool to have when you're debating the best way to present a solution to a client and you don't want to ruin the surprise. Because Basecamp's been around for a while, I've been tempted to check out some of its newer competitors. And while there are so many great tools on the market right now, a few things keep us coming back to Basecamp year after year. First, there's no participation tax. Basecamp charges a flat fee for our entire team, no matter how many employees, clients, and collaborators we're working with. We're a team of four full-time employees, and we've got another eight specialist freelancers with whom we work throughout the year. And some of our client engagements include as many as 50 to 60 stakeholders. So when apps charge per user, they quickly become cost prohibitive for us in relation to the benefits. Second, Basecamp's extendable to a bunch of other tools. We've got a lot of documents in Dropbox, but some of our clients may prefer Office 365 or Google Drive. Sometimes clients may already be running on their own project management system. And in some cases, we may end up using tools like Notion or Airtable to capture very specific kinds of information for a client. In all of those cases, we're able to integrate those external tools directly into Basecamp. In fact, if there's a feature that you think is missing from Basecamp, there's probably a third-party integration that'll make it work. 
We've had clients use a tool to display Basecamp to-do lists as Kanban boards. We're using Zapier to integrate Basecamp with our own new client onboarding automation. For many of our projects, we've got a task that creates a new project space from a template automatically as soon as our client signs their contract. That way, our client services manager can dive right into the work instead of spending a whole day on scheduling. But the biggest reason our teams remained on Basecamp for so long is the culture that Basecamp helps us cultivate among our team members and with our clients. Getting ourselves comfortable writing down our decisions and sharing our thoughts in such an open form really builds trust and transparency. As a leader, it's also enabled me to get way more comfortable moving ownership of key decisions to members of our team. Because everyone can see who's responding to what and when, I'm able to ensure that tasks aren't cutting into our team's personal time. Likewise, I can use built-in tools to highlight when I'm available, when I'm not, and what team members can do if I'm off the grid. It's that aspect of running a calm company that I appreciate the most about Basecamp. And it's why that tool's what works so well for me. Now, let's hear from Ayelet Marinovich. Ayelet is the founder and host of Learn With Less. Her mission is to help new parents feel confident in the way they support and connect with their infants and toddlers without feeling like they need to buy a whole new set of gadgets or toys to do it. Over the last year, my business has really taken shape and started moving forward. I wrote my second best-selling book in six weeks. I revamped an online program for the families I serve, and I laid the groundwork for the launch of my licensing and certification program, in which I'll be training other educators and professionals in my method so they can serve families in a new, holistic way in a live and local capacity. I have to admit, <laughs> saying all of that out loud about myself feels somewhat surprising. As you can see, I am a go-getter. I tend to be a quick start and I really move forward once I have a plan and a vision. But I'm not a naturally organized person. I really have to be intentional about it. I'm the sort of person who loves the idea of a planner and an organizer, but I would need someone to help me figure out how to actually use it or I'll get really excited about some new form of organization or project management and then I'll drop the ball and my desktop will go back to its natural state of disorganized chaos. But when I set out to write my second book, I had a self-imposed deadline. I wanted to release it in the spring and it was already November. So in my head, I worked backwards. If I needed to get the advanced copy of the manuscript to my book launch team by a certain date, the cover submitted to Amazon's KDP print, the book launch team assembled, and of course, the darn thing written, <laughs> I'd need to be able to actually see my pathway and check things off as I went. At the time, I had used Trello to do a few specific tasks in the past, like mapping out the flow of my podcast recording and dissemination. So I set out to map out the flow of book writing. My books have a specific structure and they act as week by week development and activity guides for playing with your tiny human. The second book, my toddler book, would include four chapters, four areas of development with 12 modules in each chapter. Each chapter of this book covered six months of a toddler's life, and each month was broken down into two modules. 
Each module had a specific definitive structure. I'd cover one aspect of development, whether it was cognitive, communicative, motor, or social emotional development, and I always touched upon a pain point expressed by my audience. And I'd cover the what you can do about supporting that aspect of development and ways to infuse and integrate what you already have into your time with your toddler using what I define as my four pillar framework of play, talk, sing, and move. So that was it. I mapped it all out on a Trello board with a column for each chapter and I color coded each item based on the area of development I was addressing. I set a due date on each based on my final deadline, and I created mini checklists so that I could get a dopamine hit each time I completed another little section. It worked brilliantly for me. Now, I do still struggle with everyday tasks and organization when it comes to project management, and I'd love to get a better top-down flow, but for the time being, I'm saving that for another day and moving forward. Next up, Missy Emler leads Modern Learners, a company leading the charge for innovation in education. My business started using Airtable in the fall of 2017. I was deathly afraid of it. One of our contractors thought it might be a less expensive route than a typical CRM. We had an email service provider and a community and learning management system, but we were struggling to keep track of the contact that each of us made with each of our students. So after many failed attempts with Excel sheets and Google sheets, we surrendered. And Airtable became the home of our business's most important data. Because I'd always heard the mantra, the data coming out of a database is only as good as the data going into the database, I was deathly afraid. But then everything changed when the What Works Community Network hosted a co-working hour on getting comfortable with Airtable. That hour has seriously changed my life and my business. It just took a little bit of time listening to how people were using Airtable for it to make complete sense. I have no idea what I was afraid of. Now, I use Airtable and Zapier to keep track of everything customer and content related. When members join the community or purchase a course, they're zapped from our shopping cart into a base. When I post content on the blog, on the podcast, or inside of our mighty network, the information is zapped right to Airtable. I cannot tell you how amazing that is. Searching and sorting in Airtable is a lot nicer than searching and sorting in WordPress and in Mighty Networks. I also manage my big projects and tasks list in Airtable. We don't use Asana or anything like that, so Airtable is where we keep track of our processes. I wish I could say all of our workflows were in Airtable. They're not, but they're not anywhere. So if they end up somewhere, it will be in Airtable. The Kanban and calendar views makes project management in Airtable a breeze. All of our brand assets are listed in our Airtable too, which makes working with contractors super simple. Oh, and we often have our community members host events for us 
And so with Airtable, we can easily share just the information our hosts need without including all of the data we collect for business purposes. It's seriously amazing. And then finally, this is my favorite part of Airtable. Airtable allows me to keep track of my community members inside of my Mighty Network. When I get a list of members from Mighty, I get a lot of info in Excel form. It's great that I can get the info and I'm super excited that's even available to me. But it's not all that helpful in seeing the ebbs and flows of the community. So each week, I request my list from Mighty, upload it to my existing members base. The base automatically updates customer records. I specifically look at the last time the member was in the network, whether or not they have the Mighty app, and what courses they belong to. One of my favorite things this helps me do is make sure my new members are coming back to the community because I want to make sure that the barrier to entry is as minimal as possible. I also set up formulas in my member base that allows me to identify when a member's activity or inactivity is in one of our retention danger zones. If a member is identified in one of our danger zones, Zapier comes to the rescue again and triggers an email follow-up sequence to address the specific danger. This helps so much. Uh, I love talking about Airtable and the impact that it's had on our business. Airtable is seriously the most important tool in our toolbox. It supports us in all things customer and content management. And now that I've worked with Airtable, I think spreadsheets are for the birds. Finally, let's hear from Jonathan Stewart, a tech matchmaker and Notion consultant. He supports solo business owners by helping them simplify and find technology that suits their personality and individual needs. My project management story is a wonderful long one, as they all are. I spent years trying to find a project manager or a tool that could help me organize my chaotic life. I tried everything. I've got two children. Um, I'm also a guitar teacher. I do an awful lot of different things and I wanted to find something that fit me because I'm really, really difficult to please. So I started off with things like Evernote where I could create notes and just try and organize my sporadic brain in one place. But I could see the complexity of my Evernote drive getting bigger and bigger and, and it just still didn't feel quite right. I don't know why. I just, ugh. I found Evernote frustrating and clunky and I had to keep doing weird workarounds that didn't fit me. So I tried Trello based on someone else's um, feedback. Trello was quite nice actually. I enjoyed it at first. I liked the visual nature. Um, and it worked to a point, but I couldn't manage my teaching in that area. Um, and back when I was using Trello, I was also doing music production. So I was trying to track my clients there and I just couldn't do it all in one place. So I found myself bouncing between Trello and another tool, Asana, which just drove me insane. I really didn't like Asana. I did my best. I took many courses as we all do trying to learn how to use Asana, but the overstructure kind of 
got in my way. Um, it was then I started kind of sitting down and thinking, okay, what do I actually need? What do I want from a tool? Now, what I wanted was something that was customizable and could adapt so that I could teach, I could you know, track my uh, clients, I could do everything I wanted to do and still grow at the same time. And nothing could do that for me. I was always jumping between four different tools. At that point, it could have been, it was Evernote in for my teaching. It was Trello for uh, music commissions I was doing. And it was Asana for trying to organize my life, which when you have twins that at that point were one, two years old, your life is complicated enough as it is. So nothing could provide that for me um, until I found Notion thanks to the What Works community and Marie Poulin. Um, and that was it for me. Uh, Notion provided me with a place where I could connect all my information together in a single place. When I switched my business from uh, online guitar teaching to Notion and tech and things like that, I was able to do that in minutes because all it took was just a new project to be created, a new system to be started. And that was it. I was I was away. I think for me, the biggest change in my behavior was having um, the ability to go from high level information like, you know, finance, how what my goals are, how many projects I'm working on to the individual details of one of my students songs that they're working on and the chords they needed to play all in the same place and being able to connect everything together ranging from my tasks which used to be in asana to my bigger picture stuff which used to be in trello to my student databases which were in evernote i was able to bring it all together in uh, one single place and i think that for me um, inspired the new business i'm doing now because now i understand that everything can be connected together if you give it the chance and you find the right tool for you one of the big things I took away from 2019 and, and moving on to this year was to find the right tool for you. If you're if you're struggling with, you know, trying to use something like Evernote, Trello, Asana or, or even Notion um, and it doesn't feel right for you, don't just smash your head against a wall trying to fix it. Either find someone to teach you or move on. There's nothing wrong with switching to a different tool just because one tool is good for you and not for another it doesn't mean you have to stick to that tool. Remember, when it comes to project management, the tools aren't there to fix you. There is no right tool for you and your business until you're clear on how you want to do the work, the systems you want to use, and the commitment you've made to getting the work done. Before we go, I'd love to hear your project management story too. Shoot me a message on Instagram. I'm at Tara underscore McMullen and let me know the tool that supports the way you like to work. Huge thanks to Susan Bowles, Joe Taylor, Ayelet Marinovich, Missy Emler, and Jonathan Stewart for taking the time to share their project management tools and stories. What Works is produced by Yellow House Media. Our production coordinator is Sean McMullen. This episode was edited by Marty Seafelt. Production assistance by Kristen Runvik. Find over 260 candid conversations with small business owners at explorewhatworks.com. <laughs>